You are listening to the Business Society Podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com columnist. The Business Society community is where business owners come together to learn about real business, common problems, and real solutions. Are you a successful business owner who is now ready to learn how to increase your profit margins so that you can keep more money in your pocket and build your personal net worth? You are in the right place. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I share with you real advice that will help you increase the profit in your business and build your net worth. I know you're a genius at what you do, regardless of what profession you're in, and I'm here to help you make sense of the money and other pressing business issues. Have a business problem? We'll find real business solutions. You probably know Ali Webb best as the co-founder of Drybar, the whimsical salon that made blowouts as accessible and budget-friendly as your favorite skinny vanilla latte. After scaling to 150-plus locations and launching a product line, Allie and her partner sold Drybar to focus attention on new ventures. She has since co-founded Squeeze, a better massage experience, OK Humans, the future of face-to-face talk therapy, and Beckett and Quill, a high-end, not high-spend jewelry line. And there's no telling what she'll be up to next. What all these ventures have in common, beyond Allie herself, is that they opt to make something we all need or want, whether it's blowouts, massages, therapy, little luxuries, more within reach. In this sense, each endeavor also reflects what Allie represents on a more personal level as a stay-at-home mom turned mogul. She makes launching a business, following a dream, or frankly, just doing the damn thing within reach something any woman could do, as long as she's willing to jump. While Allie's graced the covers of today's most esteemed business and beauty publications, has lent her expertise on the hit show Shark Tank, and has a top-rated podcast, Raising the Bar, with her partner Adrian, Allie's gift to the world isn't her celebrity, but it is rather her realness and the way in which she unapologetically, authentically sheds light on her life experiences even the messy parts. It's her willingness to speak the truth and to share the lows with the highs that makes her so relatable. Yes, she's an extremely successful entrepreneur and investor, but yes, she's also just like you, a woman who survived a public divorce and found love on the other side, a mom who bravely and full-heartedly sent her son to rehab, a person who loves to give back and finds value in not only how well her ventures do, but how they make people feel, how she makes people feel. Well, welcome to the Business Society podcast, Allie. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, you are definitely a well-known name. You are Allie Webb, the co-founder of Dry Bar. That's pretty exciting. And I believe you've got a book or two out as well about your experience. Well, I have, I released a book a couple of years ago called The Guide to Good Hair for All, which is really more of a tutorial like book, a little bit of a tiny bit about my story, but I am in the process right now of writing more of a memoir, which is like the whole story and, you know, the kind of arc of my life, which was dry bar and then my divorce and my life falling apart and coming back together and where I am now and, and, you know, 
all of it. So Yeah, because you are actually on three new endeavors, correct? Yes, many new endeavors. I mean, it's an interesting, my life is in an interesting place. I mean, I think everybody's life is in an interesting place due to the fact that like everybody's life just went through such a crazy upheaval with, you know, the pandemic and having, you know, figure out what they're doing. I mean, I, you know, I think one of the blessings of that was that, you know, it, it kind of forced us all to reevaluate so much in our lives and with our relationships, with our jobs, all of it. And for me, you know, right before the pandemic, well, I guess a year before the pandemic, my husband of 16 years and I got divorced and he w- he's the creative mastermind behind Dry Bar. So our lives are very intertwined. And I kind of slowly started to take steps away from the business just because we had brought in so many other people to do so much of the stuff that I was doing. And it was, it's been 11 years and it just felt like time. And then the divorce happened and Kim and I used to share an office. And so like that was really awkward. So I stopped going to an office. So it was just, I was already in this place of like transition and what's going to happen to me now, you know, and then the pandemic hit and, you know, life got even even more crazy. So yes, to answer your question, I am, you know, I'm trying a lot of new things now and I'm, you know, incredibly lucky and grateful to be able to do that because I have, you know, I have, I have the resources and the time and, you know, to, to explore other projects about a year before the pandemic, we opened another concept called squeeze, which is a massage concept, which, you know, I can go in and tell you why it's so much different and frankly, better. Yeah, absolutely. anything else out there, but that was something that we did right before the pandemic that really took off. And now we're ramping that back up. I have the jewelry line that you can see that I'm wearing. I can see it now. Listeners can't and, and her, her necklaces are absolutely gorgeous. So tell us the name, cause we will leave a link in the show notes for people to go have a look. It's called Beckett and Quill and our tagline is like high end, not high spend because even, and I appreciate the compliment, you know, the, the jewelry looks and feels very high end, but but we've been able to figure out how to make it for less money. So sell it for less money. And so that's, it's a little more, you know, accessible, accessible. Yeah. I mean, which is kind of very much in line with me and my brands, you know, it's this kind of affordable luxury which is the same kind of thing with squeeze where it's like you're getting a massage at a great price, but it's in a beautiful space. And th- the special thing about squeeze is that it's, it's everything is you book on a, the app, you tip on the app. You, you, it's a very seamless experience when you're done, you just walk out, you don't, it's like kind of like Uber or Postmates of massage, even though we're brick and mortar, you know, everything is done before you even walk in the door on the app. And then when you're, when you're done with your massage, you just walk out the door, which does feel a little weird the first time you do it, but it's really a beautiful experience. And, we're primarily, well, we are primarily only, I should say, franchising that concept, which was a little bit different than how we, we rolled out Dry Bar, which was kind of a split between company owned and franchise. But now we are only franchising Squeeze and we're, you know, we were, we had a lot of deals in place right before the pandemic, which fell through because, you know, retail went to sleep for years, but now it's coming back and so are a bunch more squeezes. So I just, you know, it's a plug. If you want to open your own business. <laughs> Perfect. We'll leave the franchise information in the show notes too. Yeah. It's, it's a really great, I mean, I love that we're franchising it because it's, it's been really fun to see Brittany Driscoll, who's my business partner, my, my brother's business partner. And she used to run marketing at Dry Bar. And then she was going on to kind of explore other options. And we were like, you know, we have this idea for this massage concept. Would you be interested in helping us do this? And and she was all in. And so this has given her the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. She's the CEO of the company and our co-founder. And, you know, to be able to give that experience to other people where it's like, we've done the heavy lifting and 
so much of the hard work up front. And now, you know, this is a bit of a turnkey solution for people who want to be entrepreneurs, but don't want to reinvent the wheel necessarily. So exactly. So there's Squeeze, there's Beckett and Quill, which is Beckett and Quill is primarily direct to consumer. And then, you know, I'm skipping over a lot, but my fiance, now I'm getting married again in May. And congratulations. My fiance is an executive coach. So he coaches founders and CEOs and entrepreneurs and all, all sorts of people. And he's brilliant. And, you know, I, I've been like, you know, since the success of Drybar and all that I've learned growing this business, I've really had this itch to kind of give back to other entrepreneurs who are, you know, in the throes of building a business or want to start a business and, or have started a business and kind of don't know where to go next and need some guidance. And we just, we've been, and we, Adrian and I have been trying to figure out a way to work together. So we developed this thing called the impact series, which is basically getting 20 and we limited to 20 entrepreneurs in a room and kind of go through what their biggest challenge is, what they're, what they're, you know, what they're struggling with, what they need help on. You know, I, I was about to say the word advice, but it's, it's more about getting them to figure out what they need, which is one of the biggest questions I, I asked Adrian when I first met him, I was like, so you give, you know, what does a coach do? Do you give advice? Like, and he's like, actually, no, I don't give advice. I, you know, kind of get, bring people to the service, get them to like deal with whatever's actually there for them that they're avoiding. And, you know, a lot of coach talk in my house, <laughs> but anyways, so the, the impact series really serves as, as a great vehicle. And I can't think of anything else like it, you know, which is part of why I love it too. It's like, we are, you know, we're handing you I mean, I can speak for myself that I'm, you know, giving all my thoughts, all my, all my learnings of things that I've experienced over the last 11 years with Drybar. And I didn't go to college. I don't have a fancy degree, but I, I always say and feel like I kind of got a, it's like an MBA in business as, as we were growing this business. Absolutely. So much stuff. And yeah, it's it's been interesting because we've done a couple of the impact series now and they've been really successful and the feedback's just been phenomenal. And it's funny and interesting and cool to, to hear a struggling entrepreneur talk about their business and like, and it, and it's, and they have this great business, but there's like, there's so many things they're confused about or don't know. And for me, I'm like, oh no, this is really easy. You just have to do blah, blah, you know, but that's my hindsight and, and getting them to see it is, is really neat. And I, I'm really enjoying that process. So, so yeah, I'd say those are the three big buckets, not to mention writing a memoir of like my whole story, which is, you know, really vulnerable and kind of crazy, but yeah. And then wedding. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very busy. Very busy. So I would love to learn a little bit more about this impact series because, you know, the the listenership is definitely entrepreneurs and this may be something that they're interested in, but I'm also interested in hearing about what kind of difficulties or pain points that entrepreneurs are bringing to you that you can help them through. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a handful of buckets, you know, it's usually like growing and scaling, you know, raising money, how to raise money. If I should raise money, you know, expanding by growing and scaling. It's like, are you, are you, how are you expanding and are you expanding and is it the right time to expand and how do I actually expand and like hiring ahead of the curve. And, you know, at the early stages, which is what we're, what we're primarily dealing with, you know, it is, these are big questions and they are, you know, they feel make or break and, I'm such a risk taker. And so for me, it's like, you just, you just go for it and, you, you know, and, and there is not all entrepreneurs necessarily have that. They're kind of sometimes stuck in like, well, what if this doesn't work? And if this doesn't work, I'm like, well, 
you are never going to know unless you try. And and here's and here's my experience on how to do that and how to you know how to navigate these things. And sometimes it means like bringing somebody who understands like potentially the world of franchising or you know if you're going to run a process like who do you talk to about that you know and sometimes they just there you know one of the things that i discovered in in the impact series was that there were so many things they just didn't know they didn't know you know that you can hire somebody to help you figure out how to you know how to raise money that you you know you that there's investment bankers that that's exactly what they do and how do you find that person and get connected and and the impact series also serves as a great kind of connection point for these folks where they're able to, you know, meet other entrepreneurs in, in addition to, to me and Adrian and get that kind of advice, but they're, they're meeting each other, they're hearing each other's stories. And, and like I said, there's, they're, they're all about the same, you know, it's like growing and scaling, hiring, all of these things like that. Everybody has very similar pain points. So hearing other people's stories, you're like, oh yeah, what's happening to me too, you know? And then, and so it serves that creates that community too. So it serves you know, it serves the entrepreneurs in that way as well. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than sharing, you know, war stories with other entrepreneurs and see how you navigate through the difficulties because we all know as entrepreneurs, I mean, it's always up and down, up and down. So, yeah. Never easy. And it's like, you have to have a very thick skin going into it and it's not for everybody. That's something I've definitely learned. Yeah, for sure. So you must have found like creating these these new journeys that you're on must be a completely different experience than when you were starting Dry Bar. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing that's so interesting about where I'm at now is this like kind of reinvention that I'm personally in and trying to figure out what I'm good at, what I like, you know, what I want to do. And that's, you know, that's that's been quite <laughs> the journey for me that I'm, I can't say that I have totally figured it out. You know, I'm I feel like I'm throwing a lot of things at the wall and seeing where I want to land. And it, it is very different. You know, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to, you know, have the time to explore these other things and be able to do that. And I think part of that was like the pandemic and we were all just kind of stuck at home and like noodling on all these other things. That's kind of where I am. But yeah, my life looks very, very different today. But, you know, it was also like, you know, I just like, I worked so nonstop for so many years that I'm, all, you know, like, grateful keeps coming up because I am just so grateful that I don't have to work at that pace anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. 46 years old. And I, of course, like want to keep doing things, but it was like, it was really intense for a lot of years. You know, my boys, my kids, my boys are are 14 and 16 now, and they're, they're really close to being out of the house. I'm also trying to relish the time that they're still home and not, I don't go into an office anymore. So that that's really different just in and of itself. And I'm actually like home when my kids get home from school now, which is just so bizarre, but different, you know, I'm still doing my own thing. So definitely a, a place I wouldn't have even thought I would be, but that I'm enjoying. So when you think back on your career and how busy it was with Drybar, what did you learn from that other than, you know, like, I'm thinking more along the lines of what did you learn in the sense of what would you do over or maybe, you know, do a little differently? You know, I don't, there's nothing that stands out that I would necessarily do differently other than maybe pacing myself more than I did. You know, when I talk about the burnout, I think I could have probably avoided that. And and it's funny, I was just talking to a girl who has a really successful business and who is really afraid to let it go of control, which is, by the way, another big bucket topic that everybody goes through. Huge. <laughs> yeah. like, we're all so, we're all f- 
control freaks and you know we're all <laughs> crazy and we all have we all nobody can like, do it as well as us <laughs> yeah and she was saying that she doesn't she's like again she's sitting on a gold mine and i'm like you know what are you doing are you you know are you are you raising money no i don't want to raise money i'm like you know and i don't want to and i and and she, and which is not like to say that that's you know a bad thing to not raise money especially if you can do it on your own so i think the, the point that i was making the reason i brought up her was because you know she's doing everything herself and she's incredibly burnt out and i remember that feeling and being in those shoes so well and to and to your point we all think we can do it better than anybody else which you know in a lot of instances that might be true but what i now know on the other side of this you know i i was really really trepidatious and downright kind of a brat about like giving up control giving up my autonomy in the business and letting other people who were frankly smarter and knew how to do different pieces of the business better than I did. I, you know, I was really stubborn about letting them have an active role. And I held on to that for a very long time. And once I released that and said, you know what, I think it makes sense for us to have these other people and to have, you know, to grow the company and to, and to let other people in, you know, it was a huge relief and it was like, Oh, I don't have to work 16 hours a day. I can actually have somebody else help me with this. And, and when she, when, you know, and, and it's just so hard to see that because, you know, we, it's our baby and it's our, it's our, like, feels like our life's work. And it's like, it's, you know, it's like, no, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to protect this thing that I built with everything I have, you know, and that's how I was. And then once I, once I came away from that, which was years and years into the business, I, I was like, oh, it's nice over here. I don't have to be responsible for everything. I don't have to take every single call of a stylist calling in sick. Like I don't have to manage every problem. And it was like, and at and the other side of that, I was like, why did this ever occur to me sooner that I can, uh, you know, allow other people to bear the brunt of the things? I mean, the good and the bad, right? And and I think that's that's something that I learned that I really find myself applying in my day to day businesses now, like. I don't know if it's the entrepreneur in me or just the control freak or what it is, but you know, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like, you know, when something's happening that you don't like in any aspect of your life, frankly, and like you feel like that fire in your belly start to rise and you're just like, you, maybe this is just me. And I get, well, no, it's, <laughs> I think it's all of us. <laughs> you get if you that true right. spirit. <laughs> yeah. And you just want to like lash out and you just want to tell people like, what the f- are you doing? This is not, blah, blah, blah. And all of that stuff, I've learned how to like take a breath walk away, not react. You know, I've historically been very reactive, very like, if there's a problem, we have to fix it in two seconds versus now when I'm like, I need to take take a step back. The world isn't going to end, you know? So I think that that hindsight, I don't really know if you can, you can gain that without having gone through it. But that to me was a big learning. And that to me was a big thing that if I had to you know, I, I don't feel like I have like the mental bandwidth to, to start another business the way I did with Drybar. But if I were to do it again in, at that level, I think that's what it would be, you know, and it's more, I think it's more like awareness, you know, and I think that's kind of the key to everything is like, wait a second, I'm being like a maniac right now. Calm down, get, you know, walk away from the situation, think about it, come back to it. Whereas just was not my nature to do that. I used to just fly off the handle, everything had to be fixed immediately. And, and I, you know, and there is a rub with that, right? You know, it's like when you're running a business and you want your business to be run a certain way, you want people to be doing things a certain way. And, you know, I, I think that there is something about being the squeaky wheel and that you do get the oil that way. And, but it, I think it's about finding the balance, which I don't really think I had 
for many years. And I think, you know, was to my own demise. It was my own, you know, it was like my own suffering, really, that I didn't need to go through. I'm curious to know as you're sharing this story, because it's absolutely fascinating. Did you have a coach or mentor yourself when you were going through like the growing stages? No, it's so funny that you asked that because it's, you know, it's kind of like the big joke in our house that like, where was Adrian, you know, six years ago when I really needed that guidance? And I remember when, when my brother and I, well, I remember talking to a good friend of mine who runs, and I mean, I think all of my friends are entrepreneurs, but her name is Ellen Bennett. She is Headley and Bennett. Probably, oh my God, I interviewed her. She's yeah. awesome. She's awesome, right? Yeah. I remember her telling me that she she brought on a coach. This year, those years and years ago. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, why would you bring on a coach? You know? And I really was like, no, I would never do that. And I remember my brother being like, I, maybe you, I think you need a coach. And I was like, I don't need a coach. That again was, was like Allie version that was like, I can do everything and I don't need anybody's help. And I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, that was that version of me. We affectionately now refer to me as like Allie 2.0, much softer version than the old Allie. Anyways, and so I never did use that. And I think that it was, you know, I had like, I had a lot of guidance from my brother who was just, he was just, he was honestly just more level-headed about and less, less like ego-driven, I think that I was. And so that he was really helpful, but I think it was also John Hepner who became our CEO, not, he's not currently our CEO, but he was the CEO and he, you know, he was so calm and he was so level-headed and when there was a problem, he would like stop and think about it and talk about it. And I was just like, so like, you know, like I was just crazy. And I mean, it was, it was a combination of like crazy and like just excited and adrenaline. And it was all of those things. And, and I think that John helped me a lot, like take a state step back and just watching his leadership and how he really didn't micromanage people. I was really in awe of it. And, you know, and I would, I, I started going to him directly with my gripes and complaints and things that were upsetting me. And, you know, he helped me, he really helped me like chill out a little bit and we, we would talk for hours about all the things that were going on and the best way to like deal with the situation versus like how I was dealing with them so I would say he was like kind of the closest thing I had to a coach I think now knowing what I know about Adrian and the work he does it would have really served me well to have a coach you know it's and I think it's more of the there's some of like the accountability to it you know I think there's like this if we're not doing kind of a mental inventory of like how we're treating people. That was the other thing. It was like, I think I wasn't great to people in the early days. I could have been better. I mean, I remember, and I actually, you know, I was asking you if you follow me on Instagram because I, I did a post a couple of weeks ago, I think, where I, I talked a lot about how my brother kind of told me one day, which felt out of the blue, that everybody was scared of me. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? I'm so nice. You used to be scared of me. And he's like, well, well, you know, it's not that you're not nice. It's just that you, you know, and I think it's, to me, it was like, it was passion. And I was so passionate about this business. So my kind of overbearingness and like, you know, making everybody, you know, nervous, I, you know, I think that, that that came a lot for me that I wasn't, you know, allowing people to feel like they, they could make a mistake. I was very like overbearing. And, and my brother came to me and said, you know, people are really scared of you. And it really was like, I remember it so well thinking, I, I don't, I didn't realize that. And I, I, I was, I was somewhat open to that feedback, not super open, but as time, as time went by, I realized it. And I think having, if I had had like a coach, it would have talked about these things. You know, I think that there's, 
you know, we're moving at, we're moving at such a breakneck speed and, you know, avoidance is like really such a, so awesome. You know, if you're just avoiding your, what's going on for you, what's going on for the people around you, you know, it's then you can just keep going, you know? And, and I think that's what I was doing. And not only was I doing it in my professional life, I was doing it in my personal life too. I mean, I was avoiding a lot of hard conversations that with my husband that, you know, ended up, you know, that, that didn't work there either. You know, well, I think that there is, there is something to be said for having, you know, whether it's a coach or some sort of accountability to like your actions is pretty important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really appreciate, you know, your, your openness with this interview today. And I, you know, you really showed your, your vulnerable side. If there was something that you would really want listeners to take away from this conversation today, what would that be? You know, I think it's probably in the vein of what we're talking about is, is, is staying really open and being, trying to be as aware as you can about your own impact on your business, on the people around you and being, being kind of open to feedback, being curious about things and how you're, you know, how you're showing up. I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, but I think on the other side of that as, you know, as a buddy entrepreneur, and I feel like we touched on it a little bit, it's like, it's hard. There's, there's ups and downs and there's highs and lows and you kind of have to, I, I once heard Gary B talk about, I was thinking it was like we interviewed him on this is where it was on, on my podcast, which raising the bar, which is it's, we're not doing it anymore, but those episodes you can still find. And Gary was on, and he, how did this come up? I think it was like something about how if you he talked about how you know he gets a lot of like accolades and people really love him and and all of that, and that feels really good. But then he gets like haters and people who can't stand him, and and I was like, how do you deal with that piece of it? You know, and his response, which I loved so much, and has really stuck with me. And why I bring it up, because I think it's important for really anybody, but especially entrepreneurs, is like the good stuff and the praise and whatever. It's like you can't let it get to your head too much and you can't allow that to like inflate you so much. And then on the flip side of that, when you get people who don't like what you're doing or your business or what you're saying or whatever, you, you know, that can like really take you down. Where his his point was like, I just kind of stay somewhere in the middle. I don't get too excited about the highs and I don't get too down about the lows, you know? And I thought that was such great advice. And I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly how he said it, but that's how, that was how I interpreted it. I'm so extremist as, as a person. And so I do get really excited about the things that are working going well. And then I get really down about the things, but I'm, I have to remind myself to like, back to what I was saying in the very beginning, it like ebbs and flows and there's gonna be good and there's gonna be bad and it's all, all okay. And that's like a pretty tough space to, to live in. But if you can, if you can find it, it's, it's pretty blissful. I love that. Yeah. That's my, you know, that's my biggest take would be my biggest takeaway. I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. It has been so much fun talking to you today. I'm so grateful for your presence. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thanks for listening to the Business Society podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away.